This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. And welcome to The Bonfire Podcast here on Thanksgiving week. Yes. During your day or your bedroom, just so you can get away from you know what? That's your business. If that's what you're doing. Regardless, you're listening to the good stuff because this week, the Grand Tour. Yes, the Grand Tour with Jeremy Clarkson has recently been released on Amazon Prime. For those of you who do not know what that is, that is the show as the, not the follow-up because it's not supposed to be connected, to the old BBC show Top Gear which I've talked about here before, did a little segment on it saying, like, oh, it's just a fun show, it's all good stuff. And it was BBC Top Gear when Jeremy Clarkson, Richard May, wait, I butchered that, Richard Hammond and James May (laughs) all hosted the show together, and Jeremy Clarkson got fired. But then Amazon realized, oh, okay, you know what? We want him. And so they picked him up, gave him his own show, And the executive producer of the show came along as well, and they said, all right, have at it, have fun, we'll take you, because we know you're popular, BBC is a little too anal, so we'll make it a good show. And they have, let me just say, the first episode for the Grand Tour was tremendous, believe me, tremendous. Um, It's beautiful. (laughs) Shot very well, as these things always are with uh, Clarkson. Hammond and May, and all the vehicles, and the jokes. It just, it looks pretty. It's a good TV show. You could listen to a lot of it, but then, of course, you'd miss out on the visuals. And it's, a lot of it is almost like a movie. Or a fictional, you know, scripted TV show. And I I wouldn't call this a reality show either, because things are very planned, and they have to be, and there's a budget, X, Y, Z. But it's just shot so well and it's not a documentary where it's just raw tape and just the basics no they definitely go overboard (laughs) and that is a good thing that is a great thing so if you like cars the grand tour is the way to go even if you don't like cars like me i'm i like them they're cool i don't really know a whole lot about them it's just not my not my not my cup of tea so but i will enjoy watching clarkson hammond in may with their expertise, talk about it, and essentially break it down for people like me, 
Because they know, hey, we have car people and car freaks that watch, gearheads, but also just normal people who want some entertainment, something a little different, something that's funny, informative. That's what it is. That's what Top Gear was, and that is now what the Grand Tour is. So if you want entertainment, information, some funniness, you know, a crack, uh, smile, crack a smile, <laughs> you should definitely check out Top Gear. Sorry, I just butchered that. You should check out the Grand Tour. Oh, it's funny because, yeah, they did come from Top Gear, and now they have their own show, The Grand Tour. Um, it's going to be hard to... I think get that name right, because I'm so used to saying Top Gear, as I just butchered it, you know, 15 seconds ago. But the BBC Top Gear is not what it used to be. It is gone. The New Day is on Amazon with the Grand Tour. And a particular story here that caught my attention, which I you know I just wanted to kind of give that review, it is a bonfire-recommended TV show, online show, whatever you want to call it. And let me just read you the, the title, you know headline of this article from the Daily Mail and the Daily Mail is a British outlet Ebola's not a joke Jeremy backlash as Clarkson dubs the Grand Tours racetrack Ebola Drome because it resembles the shape of the virus okay oh, so what now let's continue with the uh, with the article his new series has been greeted as a glorious comeback after an ignominious exit from the BBC but Jeremy Clarkson's show, The Grand Tour, has brought with it the familiar whiff of controversy, thanks to a tasteless joke about Ebola. The resemblance of a racetrack in his Amazon Prime series to a magnified image of the virus led Clarkson to dub it the Ebola drone. And the remark brought an immediate backlash from viewers, startled by the former Top Gear star's apparent insensitivity over a disease that killed 30,000 in West Africa two years ago. All right, lighten up. <laughs> Lighten the hell up. Holy crap. Clarkson, who is reportedly paid £10 million a year for hosting the show with Richard Hammond and James May, dubbed the track the Ebola Drome as he roared around it in the BMW M2. And while the Grand Tour contained many of the ingredients that made Top Gear such a hit, some fans reacted with disbelief at the latest gallows humor. And of course they have tweets, but I don't care what random people have to say about it that is the downside of twitter any idiot in the world can just throw something up and of course any number of idiots also known as reporters will write articles saying this person said that twitter reacts and that's it you'd say okay yeah i heard the news that trump said this i heard the news that kanye west said that and the rest of the article is just tweets from Random people, maybe a celebrity here and there. You'd say, wait, that's the news story? You're reporting on the reaction to what some idiot said? <laughs> okay, when the hell did that become information that I needed to know? And it's something like this, this Daily Mail article. The Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, at the forefront of the global fight against Ebola, a source said of the joke, it doesn't sit well with me. It's a very serious disease. Jeez. Last night, broadcasting watchdog Ofcom said it has the power to regulate Amazon's UK output on the internet, and it would investigate if it received complaints. Okay, you're going to receive complaints for anything, okay? Because idiots are everywhere, rest assured. <laughs> These freaking morons, douches, saying, oh, he made an Ebola joke. Wow, 
God, you have to have absolutely nothing to do with your time or your life to be upset about something like that. He didn't say, hey, Ebola virus is funny and people died. That makes me laugh. No, you jackass. He said, oh, look at the racetrack. It looks like a virus. So I'm just going to call it the Ebola drama. Oh, my God! And people lose their minds. Those people are idiots. Plain and simple. Now, that is not a very positive uh, segment to start the show with. I know that, but that's okay because I needed to get it off my chest. I needed to recommend from the bonfire the Grand Tour on Amazon. Everybody should go watch it. Shot beautifully, very entertaining. It's a very, I wouldn't call it a guy show. You know, it's like some people say that like, oh, it's just cars and stupid humor and it's hosted by three guys and it seems like it's a very masculine show. No, women can watch it too. It's funny, okay, because it's neutral. Cars are neutral. Uh, They really are. If you wanted a show on... Hmm. Trying to be a little little clean here. Let's think of something else. If you wanted a show on beards, there you go. On how to grow the proper facial hair and to groom it, then I would say yes, that is for men. Because if you're a woman, you shouldn't have that. Okay? Certainly not like a man. A beard, no. Please, please and no thank you. But a show about cars, that's for everybody. Okay? So don't think it's only for guys or it's too dude heavy. <laughs> Rolling dude heavy. No. It's for everybody. It's fun, and it's entertaining and informative. Opens your eyes, because it's also pretty. Now, the next segment is going to be one of the final bits of the show this year about Bonfire's year of self-discovery. The final piece of discovering a little bit more of yourself and how to get along with others. This is the Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This is the Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, let's jump right into this. The temperaments. Yes, earlier this year, I've talked about the five love languages, the Briggs-Meyer, you know, like if you are uh, ENFP, INFJ, INTF, or uh, sorry, INTJ, etc. You know, 16 different combinations, 16 different personality types. And then uh, one other one. I forget the other. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's late. This is why I'm here for you. I'm here for you because this is the Thanksgiving week show. And as you are listening to this, I'm on vacation somewhere in the world. Maybe I will tell you about it after I get back. But Regardless, I am doing this late at night so that I can be here for you. For you. Anyway, 
<laughs> there are four temperaments to get to know yourself. Because self-discovery, if you know more about yourself, then you can more easily relate to others. And then you can look at them, read their body language, and understand kind of their personalities, their emotions, and think, okay, maybe they're this. And then it kind of shows you these tendencies. These are all theories, but it says, oh, a tendency for this character to do this. Then you say, oh, that makes sense. You must be this type of person. Therefore, maybe you appreciate this kind of thing. And you say, oh, my gosh, you're right. I do appreciate that. Thank you. You say, oh, you're welcome. It's all about knowing yourself, which is very important, and then getting to know others. Because then when conflict arises, you can resolve it and hopefully resolve it quickly. And that's what I enjoy. Learning more about people, trying to grow, and figure out, okay, well, what works for you? Different ways of living and, you know, getting along with others. Everybody's different. So, here we go. There are four temperaments. The choleric, the melancholic, the sanguine, and the phlegmatic. So, let me go ahead and read some of the qualities of each of these, and then I will tell you what I am, and that's about it. So... The cleric. Quick to react. Intense reaction of long duration. Leader. Initiator. Logical. Pragmatic. Person of action forthright. Pushes plans through. Private. Inclined to retaliation. Extroverted. Argumentative. Abhors sentimentality. Goal-oriented. Decisive. Intense. Wants to be right. A doer. Headstrong. Competitive. Looks for the positive. Impatient, productive, not a follower, and makes decisions based on principles and ideas. So there you go. There are just a few of the uh, kind of qualities of the cleric. So if that sounds like you, you might be a cleric. Here's the melancholic. Slow to react. Intense reaction growing over time and of long duration. Thoughtful, spiritual, deep. Abhors injustice. Holds grudges. Worries over possible misfortune. Can be a hypochondriac. Easily hurt. Slow and sometimes indecisive. Pessimistic. Moody. Goal-oriented. Motivated by problems. Looks at the downside of things. Idealistic, but self-sacrificing. Sensitive. And also makes decisions based on principles and ideas. So, cleric. Your typical type A, take charge, get crap done. The melancholic, basically a little more depressive. Someone who's a little deeper, thinks more, doesn't do as much as the cleric. So yeah, thinker versus doer is the melancholic versus the cleric. Now, the sanguine. Unlike the melancholic, the sanguine is quick to react. The reactions are short duration, relationship-oriented, doesn't hold grudges, life of the party, funny, loves to be with people, optimistic, likes groups, talkative, popular, uh, docile, a follower, seldom embarrassed, loves variety, self-assured, carefree, eager, enthusiastic, prone to vanity, artistic and creative, spontaneous, sometimes forgetful, quick to forgive, Welcomes change, frank and honest, very sociable. Restless, makes decisions based on relationships and feelings. Needs help in persevering, and yeah, social butterfly. So there you have it. The sanguine 
is sometimes forgetful, very popular, very social, loves people, extroverted, life of the party, happy-go-lucky kind of person who makes his decisions based on relationships and feelings as opposed to principles and ideas like the cleric and melancholic. So someone who just feels and says, well, this feels right. I think uh, I'll make a decision based off of that. They don't necessarily just look at the facts. They say, well, how do I feel about it? That's the sanguine. And the final one, the phlegmatic. Slow to react. Doesn't react intensely. Reactions of short duration. Quiet. Peaceful. Makes decisions based on relationships and feelings. A follower. Dry wit. Dispassionate. Introverted. Hates conflict. Enjoys the peace and quiet. Well liked by most everyone. Reserved. Homebody. Constant and polite. Prefers a routine. Very process-oriented, patient, well-behaved, respectful, would rather please others than do what he wants, orderly, can be sluggish or indifferent and unmotivated, is a generally low-key person, but calm under pressure and dutiful, likes structure. So, phlegmatic is a little bit like the melancholic, maybe toward the more depressive side the sadder side you know like sanguine or uh sorry melancholic is melancholy okay and the phlegmatic is along those lines but not as intensely someone who wants to be the peacemaker doesn't want conflict just says let's all get along is a big thinker a follower very relationship oriented much like the sanguine And that is my primary temperament. Just like the five love languages, it's not just one and that's it for you. No. There's a mix. Five love languages, you have two primary. Here in the temperaments, you have two primary. And there are only a limited, you know, combination of them. But based off of what I've read and kind of studied, I feel... That my combination is the phlegmatic sanguine. So let me read a little bit of that to kind of give you a better picture of who I am and how some of these are tied together. And uh, I encourage everybody to go online, type in the temperaments. And these are, these are some of the older, like t- in the times of Plato and Socrates, you know, the temperaments have been around for that long. This idea that people have different personality types. And here are four ways that... People are probably divided into these kinds of groups. So, for me, here's what I got. Let's see. Let's see here. Phlegmatic sanguines tend to prefer movies, concerts, or other forms of relaxation that are a bit more spectator-oriented. When they attend parties, they tend to prefer smaller groups rather than large social gatherings. And like uh, sanguine phlegmatics, which is similar to the phlegmatic sanguine, they're very attentive to relationships, to harmony among people. They have deep feelings, they hate negative criticism, and they become discouraged by negativity in those around them. They're strongly tempted to repress their own wishes in order to preserve peace in a relationship. A danger for the phlegmatic sanguine, me, is to be satisfied with achieving less than what he's capable of, whether because he tends not to plan for the future, <laughs> yep, or because the more challenging goals seem to be too much trouble. A phlegmatic sanguine will be strongly tempted to quit if he doesn't think the end product is worth the effort or if he fears he won't succeed. 
but as a friend, the phlegmatic sanguine is true blue. He's likely to be a great listener and can help others solve their problems. He's calm and objective mediator, as long as he himself is not personally intertwined in the conflict. Attention to self-formation through goal-setting, thinking about the future, seeking expert advice will help the phlegmatic sanguine become productive, successful, and a great leader. But perhaps the most besetting difficulties for this temperament are the natural inclination to peace and quiet, tempting you to laziness, a preference to live within the moment, superficiality, and a tendency to make decisions based on the desire to please someone else or to restore harmony. You are a supportive friend and a cooperative employee, but at times this can cause you to say yes to the demands of friends or colleagues without first analyzing whether this choice is actually the best one to make. So, for me personally, I am not a type A person. I'm a little more laid back. I can take charge on certain things when I feel like I need to, but I don't have this drive in me to say, yes, I need to be in control, I need to be in charge. For me... I kind of like to back off and say, well, <laughs> what's worth my time? Do I really care? And I don't know. Just leave me alone. <laughs> that does happen to me. So I would say I'm certainly not a choleric. That's not my primary temperament. A melancholic, I'm not super negative. I'm not sad and depressive. I have you know bad days every now and then, and we all do. But it's not my tendency to always look on the negative side of things, to be a little more um, fact-oriented goals and driven i am a thinker i would say more than a speaker which is again ironic that i have a podcast but i can't really feel that a melancholic is right for me either so when i looked at sanguine and phlegmatic i thought okay there are definitely days that i show up at a party and i say i'm gonna be the life of the party i'm gonna have a great time i know all these people or i know some of them i don't care i'm here life is good i'm happy and i'm very relationship oriented I'm someone who will ask coworkers how they're doing, friends, family. I am a good listener. I like to let people talk so that I don't have to. And somehow I'm predispositioned to be listening. Maybe that's my tendency. So since I feel that that is, that's why I think I am a phlegmatic, someone who's a great listener. But... I do have some lack of motivation every now and then, which is a phlegmatic thing. I have an inspiration, a great idea, and I say, oh, great, that sounds great, I'm super excited. And then I lose it within a few days, or a couple weeks, or a couple months, and I say, oh, well, is this worth my time? Is this worth my effort? And, you know, that's where it would take someone else, like a cleric, to come in and say, yeah, keep going, keep doing it. Yep, don't give up. Yep, yep, push, 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 push. Sometimes I do need to be pushed. And this is all interesting because when you know these different temperaments in the theories that these are, you know, the suggestions, the tendencies, you can say, okay, I feel maybe I'm a sanguine. Therefore, if I need, to, if I need a little more balance in my life, maybe I should have a cleric around me where he can kind of keep me grounded. Maybe I'm a little too happy-go-lucky and I don't focus enough on getting crap done and looking to the future and not just living in the moment. Now, that does speak to me because I love living in the moment. I don't like to plan. I don't like to think down the road. I like to be prepared, but I don't like to prepare. <laughs> I want the result. I, don't, I just don't want to do it myself. That's the problem. So, But this kind of opens the mind of yourself to say, well, what are my failures? What are my negative qualities? Then you know how to tackle them. And you'll be able to do that to your friends and family as well. You'll say, oh, I think my, uh, my dad is this. I think my sister is that. I think my wife is probably over here. And then you could say, well, then let's try to coordinate 
communication and activities that would make them happy. Then when they're happy, everybody's happy. So it is a very relationship-oriented notion, these four temperaments, the choleric, the melancholic, the sanguine, and the phlegmatic. Bonfire recommends you go look those up and just find out who you are. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. Here's a Bonfire recommended TV show for you to check out in case you already haven't. I would say, check out George Lopez. (laughs) The ABC show, George Lopez, that I believe, let me see what the years were. Looks like it was, wow, 2002 to 2007. So yes, an older show. Not nearly as old as Gilligan's Island or anything like that, or I Love Lucy, but I think still a pretty funny show. I enjoy it because George uh, Lopez, and he does play himself in the show, and he self-produced it, I think his jokes are actually pretty funny. There's not a lot of physical humor. You know, it's not like Bud Abbott and Lou Costello physical humor, but there's a good amount of just kind of goofy phrases and tics. Like a verbal tics that <laughs> he just repeats all the time, and it there is a bit of sort of charm to that. He's always saying "sabaske," which means like you know what, and he'll all be like "da loca." <laughs> He's always calling people crazy when they make a stupid suggestion. They're like, "Oh, why don't why doesn't your mom just move in with us?" He goes, "Why doesn't my mom move in with da loca?" And he just like goes crazy, and he says that like in season three, and then like seasons four or five, he will say "sabaske," you know. So like he'll be saying something like, "You know what, I'm." I went to the store today, and Sabuske, I went and got everything that I wanted because I just bottled the candy, and Sabuske, I'm fat, and I don't care. So I like how he's able to integrate some Spanish into the English. And he does speak pretty good English. Um, of course, I mean, yeah, he was born in L.A., but it's not like some people who are born in the United States and they're just terrible with English. It's like, it's respectable that if you can be bilingual. And I like that. I like that, and I respect that. And for you to be able to interlace the two, I like that. I think that's that's awesome. That's cool. I want to be able to do that one day. Take uh, any Italian or German or Asian, uh, like Japanese, and just kind of interlace it into the English, and you'd be like, what? That means you're intelligent if you have multiple languages, okay? But the George Lopez show on ABC from 2002 to 2007, I enjoy it for the jokes. I think, you know, again, they're like 20-minute episodes. I like those. Those are short and sweet. I usually watch one or two in a day, and then I say, okay, there's my TV for the day, and there I go to work, there's workout, see friends and family, girlfriend, other things to do. I like 20-minute episodes of whatever it is that you're watching, so it's that kind of format. And then character, there's a character named Ernie. <laughs> Ernie! He's really funny. I think he's a, he's a good guy. And the interplay between George and his wife, and her name is Constance Marie, that's the actress, uh, but the character's name is Angie. The interplay between George and Angie is also really funny. I think that's 
they did really well as husband and wife on TV. It's funny. I think it's very real. You know, the dad will make lots of mistakes. The mom will make lots of mistakes. I like how that's it's evened out. George is not just a he's not a stupid father. He will make mistakes and realize, oh yeah, I made a mistake. And then the mom, Angie, will make mistakes and realize, oh yeah, I made a mistake. So it's even. It's fair because it's not like women know everything. I think there are a number of TV shows that try to showcase that, that men are just stupid idiots. And yeah, you know what? If you're an idiot, you can be a man or a woman. Okay. You're a douche, you're a douche. Now, the interaction, the interplay between George and his mom on the TV show, that's a good one. And it's interesting. The mom, the story goes, the mom had to raise George without the father because the father ran out on them uh, when he was, I don't know, a year old. And so all of these stories, he's always doing these kind of flashback stories, saying, you know, telling these stories, not visually, saying like, Mom, you you never fed me. I would go across the street because I was looking for food, not because I was trying to get to school. And he'd say all these sort of things and tell these stories. And Angie's always like, oh, it's so sad. And it's, it's funny because the mom's just brutal. And she says, yeah, well, you learned how to do these things, didn't you? I'm a great mom. And they're always kind of bickering and fighting and. And there does come an episode that George says, you know what, Mom, thank you. Because you could have given up on me. You could have really, truly destroyed me. But you didn't. Look, I'm here. I have a job. I have a family. I have a house. I'm actually doing well. So thank you. And I wouldn't have changed anything. Because that is what made me who I am today. And I respect that sort of, that sort of thinking. That you don't have regrets. You say, well, if only I'd done this, then maybe this could have happened. You just say, no, who am I today? Who I am today is the result of my past. I'm glad my past happened the way it did because I'm happy with who I am. And he says that. He says, you know what, Mom? I'm happy who I am. I am a success. I have a wife and a house and kids and a job. I'm paying my bills, and I'm, I'm here for my kids, unlike my dad who was not there for me and ran out on us. So I respect that. I like the story. And I um, I like the variety. Meaning, I like I like some Hispanics on TV. A Hispanic TV show. That's fun. As awkward as it is to say, there are lots of TV shows with white people. Okay. I don't want all white TV shows. <laughs> okay? I like variety. Because white people problems are not the same as Hispanic problems or Asian problems or black problems. Okay, that's why you should watch different TV shows. Get different ideas of the cultures. And George likes to bring a lot of the uh, Hispanic and Mexican and Cuban cultures into the George Lopez show. And I like that. So I like that variety. The different societies within society. (laughs) And the grandpa, he's Cuban always making jokes, and then the George is always picking on him and vice versa. It's really good. I, I The actors did a good job. I think the format was well done, and it's a sitcom. So it's with a live audience, and I always liked live audiences. You know, not a laugh track like on Gilligan's Island. An actual audience there watching it happen, and then you can hear the real laughter. You know it's real. It's a little more genuine. I like that too. It's a very, like, last man standing, home improvement kind of thing you know like the audience is actually out there that's cool i like that 
So yeah, six seasons. George Lopez. It was on ABC. You can get them all on DVD. I don't know if they're on Netflix or Amazon. I doubt it. So if you ever happen to be flipping through, I'm, I'm sure TV Land or Nick at Night, whatever. If you have cable, then yeah, don't be afraid to turn on George Lopez and give it a shot. Watch one of the episodes. Grandma's funny. They actually do some pretty serious episodes. I like when TV shows can do that successfully. Not just it's all humor, it's all funny, and it's all stupid. No, they can actually bring in some deep emotion and be able to pull it off well and say, wow, you know, normally you guys are all just hysterical characters. But here for the next five minutes, I've, I've just saw you, I've seen you cry and the audience felt it that it was real and it's there's no one laughing or clapping. You just know, oof, that was a, that was a real scene. That was a good one. That felt real. And I can identify with that. I respect that. So there you have it. George Lopez, go check it out. Wherever you can. This is the bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stu. Ryan Lochte is immature. He's adult. We've been watching him a for a while. Bit of adult. A decade of adultism kind of came to the surface here. <laughs> but to be fair, if if this is true, where he he just cracked a sign and then was extorted for four hundred American dollars in Brazil, that is almost a robbery. Pat and Stu, weekdays at five p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Bonfire on Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, the final segment of the show is about my dream vacation. My dream vacation. I, I hope you've thought about that as well because it's good to have goals. You want to have something to kind of motivate yourself and say, you know what? One day I can still pull that off, I will make it happen. The cheesy, shoot for the stars kind of thing. Yes. But my dream vacation, because it's relatively far-fetched, I would say just in terms of getting the time off, the amount of time I would need to do everything properly, the amount of money, all that jazz. Dream vacation would be to make it down under. Australia and New Zealand. I'd have to see both. If you go all the way down there and you make it to New Zealand but you don't go to Australia, you did it wrong. If you go all the way down there to see Australia and you didn't see New Zealand, you did it wrong. Okay, you got to see both. They're right there. And how often do you go down there? Come on. It's relatively easy enough and affordable enough to, you know, cross the pond, get over to uh, Britain, maybe different parts of Europe, go to Canada, go to Mexico, Hawaii, you know, stuff in the Northern Hemisphere. <sighs> Not to mention the Southern Hemisphere. Now, Southern Hemisphere, you can generally get down to Brazil more easily than you could all the way down to Australia. Okay? That's kind of the Southern Hemisphere, Eastern Hemisphere. Okay? America, we're in the North, and we're in the West. It's kind of like the complete opposite side of the world. And I would imagine it would be at least 20 hours to fly there, whether you flew from Hawaii or L.A. or straight from Dallas or New York, I don't know, wherever, wherever you are, getting all the way down there would be pretty difficult. And the money required to do so, I think, would also be pretty difficult. The dream vacation would be because it's so rare. It's just so, it's foreign and far away. That's why it would be an adventure. 
and you get down under and you'd say, all right, well, now I got to go to Sydney. Got to check out the capital. And just listen to the locals. <laughs> they all have great accents. And I'm sure, you know, plenty of food and drink and culture and just explore. Maybe go in the outback. Go on a little safari. Do something extraordinary. And, of course, that will cost more money and more time. And then when you're done with Australia, finally, and you say, all right, cool, now I'm ready. Let's just uh, hop over the Tasman Sea. I think that's what it is. Uh, I don't know. Over to New Zealand. And then you got to explore New Zealand, which we all know from Lord of the Rings, a lot of that was shot there if not most of it. So, definitely beautiful. Definitely pretty. So, you got to be able to see that with your own eyes someday, right? And the Northern Island and the Southern Island, you got to see both. You got to go sailing, exploring, caving, check out the food and the locals there. Go to Christchurch and Wellington. You got to see it all, right? And it's a relatively small island. You could probably you probably could see it all. So that's my dream vacation. <laughs> that's the uh oof, that's the far-fetched little dream there. To be able to afford it and have the time. And off the top of my head, I would say a month I would need because I'd like to spend at least 2 weeks in Australia. I don't know if that would be enough and then at least 2 weeks in New Zealand, would that be enough? I don't know. But for you to be able to take off a month of work, whatever it is that you do, uh it's pretty much unheard of pretty rare so who knows but that regardless is my dream vacation and there are beaches down there okay you just have to go when it's the summer which would mean when it's the winter up here in the northern hemisphere so like this time of year going down there now then you can go to those beaches i love the beach that's why so i'd be able to get me some beaches some culture it's something on the other side of the world it's uh so foreign and different that that's what would be so exciting. It's just to say, God, this is unbelievable. I'm on the southern hemisphere. I'm on the bottom of the world. <laughs> so far from home. And you would just be motivated to do anything and everything when you're there. So that is my dream vacation. Lots of food and drink and beaches and exploration and exoticness. If that's ex- Exoticity, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, Lord. So think about it yourself, ladies and gentlemen. I encourage you that this week during Thanksgiving, to think about, well, what's a dream vacation of mine? Let's see if I can't make that a possibility one day. Then you can save for it, talk to your boss, maybe say, hey, can I have a few days off, a couple, a week or two off, see if you can't save them up. Do whatever you need, because life is short, and you got to see the beautiful world that is out there. The people, the nature, the cultures, so much to see. That might just be my generation who's so seemingly obsessed with travel, and maybe others aren't. I don't know. Or maybe... All these older generations already got it out of their system, and now they think, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to kind of settle down. I've done my traveling bit, and that's why my generation talks about it so much. I don't know. Who knows? It's nebulous. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Bonfire Podcast this week on Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving day and the family and the food and the stuffing, the stuffing of your face and the stuffing itself, the food, and um, football. It is an American tradition. Football on Thanksgiving Day. And thank you for taking the time out of your your busy week, this holiday schedule, busy, busy, busy times, and listening in, tuning in. I always appreciate it. I really do. Um, Bonfire is not the most popular show in the world, believe it or not. So I appreciate everybody who does decide to tune in. 
Thank you. I am humbled. Ladies and gentlemen, we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please find us, Bonfire Productions, that you will find us there. And, of course, the main website, bonfirethoughts.com. Until next time, adios. Andrew Herzog is out. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.